Welcome in, everybody. It's what we do every Friday here on 710 ESPN Seattle. Time to get in the cage. It's brought to you by the Emerald Queen Casino. And a pleasure to bring to the program for the very first time. You can read her stuff at My MMA News or Fan at MMA. She is Nicole Bosco. Nicole, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. And I want, I want to get into you know a little preview of this weekend's card, get your thoughts on that. But uh, you wrote something I was checking out. Uh, your Twitter page, and by the way, people can follow mm-hmm. you on Twitter at Nick N I K Boss B O S. They can follow you there. Yep. Uh, but you, you'd written a story about Nate Diaz, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm and you touched on a little bit of what I wanted to hit. But for those that haven't uh, read it, I, I'm curious your perspective. I've got my thoughts, but what is it about the Diaz brothers in general that you think brings people to the to the stadium, if you will, when they can go or in front of the TV? These are two guys. I mean, you got Nate, who's got double digit losses. You got Nick, who hasn't fought since 2015, and he's got a number of losses. It's not, it, I, I find it a weird phenomenon because it's not like they go out there and dominate and they're unbeatable. They, they lose a fair amount, yet their fan base is big and it's very loyal. Yeah, yeah, definitely is. I I think it's like they kind of have like this old school fight mentality where they don't really have to go out and like sell their fights, really. They're not like big trash talkers and, you know, Nick barely talks at all. So but people still want to watch them. People still want to, you know, fight them. They're big. They're big names as of now. You know, when Nate fought Connor, that kind of was like a huge bump up in his like personality. And people really flocked to him because he beat Connor and it was such this big fight. And then because of that, he got the rematch. So it's like his stock was climbing and he, he has like a couple of his catchphrases that he uses every once in a while. And like, you know, people really are drawn to that, you know, and just his like kind of like I don't care attitude. I think that's what it is for kind of both of them. Do you have any issues with them jumping the line, if you will? Because they're often talked about for either title fights or just huge money fights. And again, Nick hasn't been in the cage since I, I believe 2015 yet. If he wanted to, he could step into a big-time you know, headlining fight if he wants to, and the same seems to be true for Nate, yet you've got a lot of contenders in front of them that are active, that are fighting every three months, every five months, and, and, and working their way up the ranks. Some people have an issue with that and say, hey, man, they haven't earned it, and others say, hey, no, I want, to, I want the most uh, intriguing fight. I want the most entertaining matchup. Where are you at on that? Um, I mean, this is the way the UFC has been going the past couple of years. Like, you, it's kind of what you do inside the cage, but it's also a lot of what you're doing outside the cage, how you work yourself, how you're talking, you know, what kind of a name brand you are and who wants you, basically. You know, like, if Conor McGregor picks you, like, say you're in his division, he picks you to fight him, then you're going to fight him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, people can jump the line just from being wanted by a big name or being a big name themselves. I'm not saying that that's right. Maybe I think that, you know, it should be a ranking system and you should go in order, but that's not the way it really is anymore with UFC. And Conor McGregor has a lot to thank for that. You know, like he boomed up to this huge superstardom and now hit any fight of his, doesn't matter who he fights, is huge. You know, so it's kind of like Nate and Nick are kind of making their way into being this sort of phenomenon, too, where they any big any fight of theirs is going to be a big fight. So on the heels of the Connor Poirier fight, obviously, that was a great fight for as long as it lasted. Everybody's trying to figure out who's Poirier going to fight next. And, you know, a lot of people are throwing out names. Nate is one of those names. A, a third matchup with Connor is another option. Who would you like to see him fight? Who do you think it should be? I think he should be fighting for a title next. I would like to see him fight Michael Chandler for a title. Um, He came out and said he was not interested in that. 
Um, I don't know. He just, I don't know his exact reasons why he didn't want to fight Michael Chandler. He said he didn't think that he was deserving of a title shot, but you know, it seems like he is on the path to fighting um, Nate Diaz. Like, you know, they're both calling each other out saying they could, you know, fight at 170 or 155. I don't know for sure if Nate is going to be coming back at 155. I think that maybe was Dana White trying to like, uh, spill a little bit of, you know, interest in him coming back into this huge division. You know, lightweight is the biggest division right now full of, you know, star power. So if he wants to fight Dustin and Dustin wants to fight Nate, then I think that is probably going to be the next fight for both of them because they were scheduled to fight each other two years ago anyway. So I think that it'll probably be him next. I do think that Dustin could fight Connor again for the rematch. I think that Connor kind of has that in his head now that he wants the rematch. You know, he, he chose Dustin out of nowhere. Basically he like, you know, called him out on Twitter saying, you know, let's fight an exhibition, you know, about, and of course the UFC wasn't going to let that happen. So they fought in the UFC and Connor lost. And I think whenever Connor loses, he kind of gets that in his head that he wants revenge. You know, he did it with Nate. Now he's doing it with Dustin. He wants that fight again. So I don't know when he'll be ready to come back, but I could see Dustin fighting Nate before he fights Connor again. Yeah, you know, and and I wouldn't have a. I know some people have an issue with a third fight happening immediately. I wouldn't only because of the competitive nature of of the the this fight. I mean, if we're being honest, that first round, Dustin was in some trouble. He said it himself. He got hurt, and and he was getting pieced up a little bit in that first round. He was landing those those calf kicks, and that obviously changed the game in a very big way. But uh, it, it was it was an entertaining fight. I mean, it was it was one round. Connor dominated the first round. I thought. Obviously, we know what happened in the second. So, for me, I don't. Ha- I get it. I, it. It speaks to what I asked you in the beginning about who's more deserving, the rankings, things like that. But I think it's mm-hmm. not as if Connor walked out there and got completely tuned up and doesn't deserve another shot. It wasn't competitive like we've seen in some other instances. Right. And if they do fight again, it's going to be just as big or even bigger now because Connor, you know, got his and now he wants it back badly, you know, so it's going to be an even bigger fight, the third one. Yeah. Before I ask you about this weekend's card, I saw you retweeted uh, Joanna Janjacek and and her thoughts on Stephen A. Smith, who I've got a huge issue with being involved in MMA. (laughs) I find it maddening to hear the guy talk about MMA. He doesn't know the sport well. That's made very obvious. I understand he Makes a lot of money, so they've got to shoehorn him in somewhere to justify the salary. But for somebody that covers the sport to come out and say, yeah, there's half of this sport that I don't really support, that I don't really want to see, and that's women fighting. And women making up a big part of this fan base, which I don't think he quite gets. What you think of what he had to say? Again, for somebody that, that is part of the coverage for ESPN saying, yeah, there's, there's almost half of this sport that I really don't want to see. Yeah, I thought it was ridiculous altogether. I kind of try not to listen to him as much. I have him, like, muted as much <laughs> as I can. But, but yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous. If you go back a couple of years, you know, UFC was at its level. And then it Ronda Rousey came in, and it jumped up another level. And then, of course, Conor came in and jumped up another level. So how can you say, like, these women aren't deserving? I mean, they work just as hard. They put on just as entertaining fights. Him saying that is ridiculous. Even, you know women in the media like me like what are you trying to get at like we don't we don't belong in this sport at all or i don't know the whole thing was ridiculous well, and i think anybody who follows the sport knows that he doesn't know what he's talking about so there's no point even paying attention yeah and, and to, again to not acknowledge the the drawing power i mean you brought up ronda rousey who's one of the biggest stars period not just female but biggest stars this sport's ever uh-huh. seen 
But you've got Amanda Nunez, who's got a huge following. You had Chris Cyborg before she moved on with a huge following. Joanna Yunjacek, her following is growing. I mean, you've had tremendous fights with these names that have been epic fights. Holly Hole, I mean, I can continue to go down the list of fighters that bring people to the to the arena or put them in front of the TV. They are draws. So I just thought it was, again, for ESPN to have somebody involved with their product that they've invested in who's sort of dismissing a very significant side of the the, the sport, to, to me, I thought was wildly irresponsible and ignorant. But I'll move on from Stephen A. Smith. Give me give me a thought on the on the main event this week. And Alistair Overeem's an interesting guy because he's 40 years old. He's got 18 losses in his career. If 14 of those, he's been knocked out or TKO'd. So he's he's uh-huh. it's it's kind of all or nothing with him. And I'm wondering, he goes up against Alexander Volkov this weekend uh, in uh, UFC Fight Night. I know he's talking about another run, a last run at a title. Do you look at him and say, all right, he's got a realistic shot at it, or where do you think he's at in his career? I don't think he has a realistic shot at it. I mean, he is, you know, he's 40 years old, and like you said, it's either he knocks somebody out or he gets knocked out, basically. I think there's only like three or four, two or three decisions in his entire UFC career. So, but he is motivated. I mean, if you look at his social media, everything is one last run. I'm making a run for it. And, you know, maybe if he, um, you know, gets the win tomorrow night, I'm thinking that maybe the winner of this fight could face um, John Jones next because John Jones is bumping up to the heavyweight division. Mm-hmm. We have Stipe against Nganu in March, and I have a feeling whoever wins that will be maybe taking some time off. Definitely if it's Stipe who wins, will be taking time off. So John Jones has to maybe get one fight in there. You know, so I was thinking maybe the winner of this fight would step in against him. But, you know, the UFC is back in Las Vegas in the Apex Center. It's a smaller cage, and these guys are huge, and I like that. Especially <laughs> I think that favors, in, favors Overeem because he is, you know, he likes to work guys up against the fence, up against the clinch, and in the small cage with these huge guys, that's going to be happening. Him with the knees up against the, up against the fence and stuff like that. Um, I think it's going to be a good fight for him. I mean... Both of these guys need a win because they're kind of like hovering in that five and six spot. And, you know, the top of the division is moving ahead. So I think it's going to be a really good fight. Yeah, it should be entertaining. I guess the one thing I question about Overeem at this point is is where his chin's at. It's not that he's had the best chin, as we just talked about. He either gets knocked out or he knocks somebody out. So he doesn't lose many decisions or submissions. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see how he handles, uh, you know, some shots from Volkov. Last one before I let you go. Uh, Frankie Edgar, who I think everybody loves, is uh, on on this this card as well, and he's a guy that I'll ask the same question. He's not as old; he's thirty nine, so he's just a shade younger. But he's a guy that's lost three, uh, two of his last three, three of his last five. Realistically, where do you think he's at? Do you, do you think he's got a run in him at the title, or do you think at this point this is just a name on somebody's resume? He's a bit, you know the younger fighters are looking at him as a stepping stone. I think he has uh, more of a realistic chance than Overeem. Um, you know, he's finally back. Um, he's finally at Bantamweight, which I think he should have made a, a run at earlier in his career. But, you know, he he hasn't looked terrible. He's looked good at Bantamweight. He still has his speed there. And, yeah, he's taking on a tough guy, the number two ranked guy, younger, uh, puts out more in, in output, you know. Like, he, he, um, San Hagen's only loss since he came to the UFC was Aljamain Sterling, who's fighting for a title. So this guy's tough. But if Frankie could get past him, I think that, you know, he has easier time to get towards the title shot because he's a former champion. Everybody, like you said, everybody likes him. He's a household name, you know, like 
those are the type of people they want to put up into that title shot. You know, with a win, it puts him up into maybe two or number two or number three. Um, Cardi, uh, Cody Garbrandt's ahead of him, but he may be making a run at flyweight. So I think he has a better chance of getting towards another title shot before he retires. She is Nicole Bosco. Again, you can read her stuff at Fansided MMA or My MMA News. Nicole, great to talk to you. Thanks so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much for having me.